Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Here is Trey Biddy. Okay, he's not there, but he's there. Okay, thank you, Trey, for letting me know, because otherwise I'd have said, Trey, Trey, where are you, Trey? <laughs> How's it going, guys? So there you are. Uh, this was written by one of your colleagues on uh, uh, three, uh, 247 Sports, Brad Crawford. And he is, the headline is, what three college football signing periods could mean for recruiting? Personally, I like, hopefully this passes, I like this. Yeah, I do too. Uh, you know, I think it gives, excuse me, I think it gives everybody an opportunity who, who would like to sign early. Guys that, uh, you know, maybe grew up Razorback fans, always wanted to be a hog. Uh, maybe and the money is right. Also, <laughs> it gives them an opportunity to go ahead and get their recruitment out of the way and, and sign in June if they like, which is a pretty busy month for recruiting uh, with a lot of visitors and things like that. So, you would. Knock out part of it there to where, you know, you don't have to, I don't want to say babysit, but, you know, you've got guys that are committed and you have to keep recruiting them and recruiting them, make sure other teams don't jump on and all that stuff. So it would take a little bit out of it uh, as far as that goes. Maybe, maybe I don't know, five recruits, something like that in the early period. And then you come out of that last game of the season, I guess maybe after the championship games, is that right, when it said yeah. uh, the conference title games, and then you have your next signing day. And that, to me, knocks out, what, maybe 20 days, something like that? Uh, yeah, December the 5th, it says the final regular season FBS game. Okay. So really that would be after Thanksgiving couple, weekend. Yeah, it'd knock out a couple few weeks, I guess, yeah. uh, as opposed to where the signing day was previously. So that time you could actually – spend time working on your transfer stuff instead of recruiting and trying to do transfer stuff all at the same time, bringing in visitors um, when you have coaches, you know, out on the road, all that kind of stuff. So maybe that would, um, maybe that would alleviate some of the stress of December because uh, so much is packed in in such a short amount of time. At the same time, you know, you move all those periods up and you really have to emphasize going to a school because that's the school you want to go to because assistant coaches are going to change. You know, they're going to leave. They're going to go different places. Um, but you'll still have the February signing period also. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea as far as, you know, kind of alleviating all that. I, I still love the February signing day traditionally, but it's gotten to a point where, I mean, Arkansas signed 16 high school recruits. 13 of them are enrolled already. It used to be it was just a quarterback and maybe another player here and there. It used to be a big deal if a guy was enrolling early, and now it's it's more common than it isn't. So um, times have definitely changed. Didn't I say, it, uh, and I, I thought I'd printed the entire story, but apparently I didn't. But uh, the early June period, uh, would be three to five days, if I remember reading that correctly. And it sounded mm -hmm. like, Trey, the same thing in that December signing window. That would be three to five days, and then you would have the regular signing period 
in February, which would expire on April the 1st, which is a much larger window. Yeah, they, uh, I don't know that I'm on board with that side of it, though, Randy. I, th I think, you know, I mean, signing day in February, That I mean, that's technically, what is it, a week, I guess, really? Uh, but everybody like signs. two weeks. Is it two weeks? Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody signs generally on National Signing Day. Uh, you can remember Alex Collins years ago wanted to sign on National Signing Day. His mom took his papers, and I think he ended up signing the next day or the day after. Um, so you don't have to necessarily sign on National Signing Day, but I don't know. I think it's kind of an event. I can remember back in the day and when it was just in February, that first Wednesday of February, people would take off work. Yeah. And it was it was like a holiday. And now it's just kind of it's spread out. It's it's just spread out so much more. Um, so it's just kind of just kind of a little bit different. But that that December signing day is, is really the big one now because um, you have so many. I don't I don't know if you're going to be impacted heavily on that June signing day, um, you know, unless you're dealing with majority like in-state recruits and stuff or, you know, people whose, you know, parents, maybe they were a Razorback or something and they're kind of a legacy or something like that, maybe they, even if they don't live inside the state. So um, I think that's kind of maybe what we would see out of that June date. Rick, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Oh, I'm so glad. I know I call too much, but y'all are so interesting. <laughs> From three to six, I listen every day. I get caught up in this. Hmm. Well, we're glad you well, listen. We're you. on. We're on till seven, so maybe stay stay with us for another hour some night. That'd be great. Well, I got good dinner from my wife. Oh, okay. That's, well, that's important. That's important. You're right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. So, Trey. Uh, I never hardly get to talk to you, uh, but I listen to you. And uh, uh, with Bobby Vitrino, uh, I know he's got a big – is he going to – I know I love Sam Pippen. Period. And he brung in one of the best out there in the country. Mm -hmm. is, uh, is Pittman – and uh, Bobby, is he going to let Bobby do everything totally in control of that yeah, I would think so. I mean, they're going to talk about things, obviously. You know, they'll Pittman will say, hey, you've got, you know, two downs here to go for it on third down, you know, if you don't get it. Yes, so yes. Uh, they'll have things like that or give me a running play here. But Petrino is an offensive mastermind, and that was, I think, kind of one of the things we talked about in his introductory press conference because Jimbo yeah. Fisher did not give him that same uh, leniency. That, uh, there was a lot happens, of. If that happens, that's going to be a great thing. And then my second question, uh, which three or four players do you think the Hogs need a key? Because they got to get rid of some of these guys. One Talking way, about basketball? Yes, sir. Basketball? Yes, sir. Yeah, basketball was extreme. By the way, I got my Thank copy you, of Inside the Pocket, an in-depth analysis of the X's and O's by Bobby Petrino. <laughs> Finally oh, came in the mail. Yeah. How about that? It is 483 pages. I don't think with all of the verbiage and <laughs> diagrams and stuff that I'm going to get through it in time for um, spring football. But uh, maybe I'll get in time for uh, the release of the NCAA college football game. 
that's coming out this well, summer. Right, Trey, what, in order to okay, what what is the name of that bar? It's uh, Inside the Pocket, an in-depth analysis of the X's and O's by Inside Bobby Petrino. And when did he write that? Where was he coaching you know, at the time? I believe he wrote he it coaching? when he was, let's see. Does it have the year on it on the inside? I'm trying to find copy, when it's copyrighted. Uh, I'll see if I can find it, but I don't. Well, okay. see. You, usually, right inside the book uh, before yeah, you get to the table of contents. Yeah, there's a lot of. It'll have a copy. So, did you have to order this tray? Obviously, yeah, I ordered it on Amazon, and Amazon. It said okay. there's 15 copies left, but um, I don't, I don't. I'm not seeing the date on here, but oh. I think it was. It was probably before Missouri State, I would guess. Um, yeah, I don't see the day. I'll see if I can update you when he when he wrote okay. it exactly. Yeah. But um, to answer his question, also on basketball, he asked basketball question last. But uh, there's going to be change. Oh, that was very disappointing. I mean, Vanderbilt had won seven games all year. They were 0 and 11 away from Nashville, 0 and 8 in road games, and then 0 and 3 in neutral site games and came into Bud Walton Arena and won. I mean, that's just. You know, let's say right here, we need to point this out. <clears throat> there are a lot of great coaches in college basketball that don't win much. Mm-hmm. Eric Musselman is a really good coach. Vanderbilt's coaching staff had an excellent plan in studying Arkansas's defense. And other coaches, Stackhouse isn't the only one, other coaches see Arkansas's defensive vulnerabilities. That doesn't mean that Musselman's a bad coach, but there are other coaches out there that see Arkansas's weaknesses and attack them. And Vanderbilt got easy shots last night, uh, whereas probably against most teams they're not getting easy shots. So let's give their coaching staff some credit for finding the vulnerabilities that Arkansas has had. Yeah. Well, Arkansas also went oh, one of 17. 12 minutes and 45 minutes without, with one field goal. Yeah. And then the second, I mean, total they were 18 18- of they, they missed 18 of 19 shots leading yeah. into the second half. Oh, no. Yeah, there was a 28-minute stretch there where it was just really, really bad. Oh, brutal. They were up 16 with 6.07 left. And then Arkansas raced back. Like, where was that, you know? Yeah, right. Earlier in the game. I mean, they, they closed a 15-point deficit almost. Almost closed a 16-point deficit in, you know, six minutes or so. I mean, the last 2.30 they had a chance the whole time. Uh, but just couldn't get it done. That was really disappointing. As far as players leaving, I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't have eligibility left, so there's going to be quite a bit of turnover. But as far as guys that do have eligibility, I would expect a number of them to hit the transfer portal also. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see 9, 10, maybe even 11. It really wouldn't. New faces. So that means the two incoming signees, does that mean Blocker's gone? That means Bayfall is gone? I think Bayfall and Blocker would be the most likely to be back. And then after that, you know, obviously the two newcomers. But I think Blocker and Fall would be most likely. I think Minifield maybe after that. Um, You know, Blocker, or excuse me, uh, Battle would be a six-year guy. He has a year of eligibility left. Tremont Mark has eligibility left. He's a junior this year. Trevin Brazil has eligibility left. Um, I mean, I think they're, they're, Chandler Lawson's done. L. Ellis is done. I and mean, there's most of the guys are, are Jeremiah Davenport's done. Jalen Graham's done. Makai Mitchell, I believe, is done. 
I, I mean, think he, he has one more year if he wants to use it. He's listed as having no more eligibility left on the website mm-hmm. um, and people I've talked to, but he does have – he has a year in 2020 where he played in fewer than 30% of the games, but he's still listed, he's still listed as a super senior this year, Randy. Mm-hmm. He does, okay. He's not listed as having been granted a red shirt that year, and I don't know if it's because that was the COVID year. Maybe you can't get a medical red shirt for the COVID year. I don't know. I don't know how that works exactly, but um, – he is listed as that. Uh, so there was some talk that Chandler Lawson might fall into that category, but he's also done after this year. So most, uh, I mean, most of the guys are, are out of eligibility. And, you know, I wouldn't know that – I wouldn't think that, like, Mark would come back. Like, with basketball players, it's just not – I mean, it happens. I mean, there's guys that six-year on the roster right now, but for the most part, you don't, you don't see that uh, very often with basketball because there's the idea that – you know, you need to get into the pro ranks as soon as you can and get in that system as soon as you can. And you're also viewed as, like, you know, by your youth, how much upside do you have? And the older you get, you know, the lower your ceiling gets also. But, you know, if you're young, then, you know, you have a lot of potential still. But if you're older, then that potential, you know, you kind of think of you as you are who you are. So uh, there's that kind of mindset with with bringing in basketball players too so i think there's going to be a, a dramatic amount of change and a lot of movement in the, in the transfer portal Trey, the other story today on 247 sports again by brad uh crawford he had sec predictions uh way too early order of finish he has got Arkansas pre-spring final record projection five and seven, with conference one and seven. Yeah, one and seven. Don't you think if they beat Oklahoma State, which they'd have two to be five and seven if they won one conference game, that they'll win more than one conference game? If they can go on the road and beat Oklahoma State, I think that would give them a lot of juice. Yeah, I do too. Um, so a lot hinges on that one, and then. Two weeks after that, you have Auburn. Um, so, you know, the schedule is nice in terms of the overall look of it, in terms of who's coming in. It's just it starts out really brutal. I mean, you don't have your second game in Fayetteville until October 5th against Tennessee, which is just absurd. We've gone over, you know, comparing Arkansas's rosters to other – or, excuse me, schedule to other teams in the SEC, and it's, it's just – Arkansas does not do a good job of scheduling. <laughs> I mean, I know you you get what you get from the SEC, but there's just some other things in there. Like, I just I just absolutely hate the idea of playing your first game of the season in Little Rock. I mean, you know, and it's nothing against Little Rock, and you know, I'm from Central Arkansas and have a lot of great memories there. But uh, you know, start your season at home. You know, bring all the juice, all the energy at home. I, I just think it would have been a lot nicer to. And they did the same thing last year, so um, it will be it will be nice when they get out of Arlington. Not that Arlington impacts them this year, but it, it has you know in the past. So it'll be nice to finally get a game back in Fayetteville starting, I guess, next year, right? Yep. True. Yeah. So well, we don't know if they'll play Texas A&M. Twenty twenty-five. It'll be. We don't know if they'll play A and M. Right. <laughs> They'll probably that's exactly how it's gonna go. They're not gonna play they're not gonna play in college station for four more years after mm-hmm. this. <laughs> you know, that's exactly exactly. And if it hadn't how been for the Texas go. athletic director opening his big mouth, we wouldn't even know that it's gonna be eight games in twenty twenty five because they haven't announced anything. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's going to be nine games. Obviously, that's the well, only thing. Well, not in twenty twenty five. It's not not, not in twenty maybe not in twenty twenty five, but it's yeah. going to be not according to the not yet in the league AD who <laughs> opened his mouth. Yeah. So if it's not in twenty twenty five. And Arkansas is the away team this year in Arlington, so they should get Texas A&M and Fayetteville if in 2025. If they play A&M. If they play A&M, yes. <laughs> They'll probably get Alabama which, and Georgia. Which they have, it, it feels like they have tried to keep, you know, rivalries going, although, you know, this one isn't – I don't know if it's as important because of, uh, you know, they, they had a huge gap anyway. You know, I it's not the like SEC, they're just trying to continue it on like I think the Auburn, SEC Georgia. looks at – at Arkansas, Texas, as more of a rivalry than Arkansas yeah. and Texas A&M. Yeah. No I question. Agree. I think that'll be an every year deal. No question. There is just you know there's the aspect of it being a quote unquote trophy game. Right. But yeah, I mean it's that rivalry wasn't even renewed until t- 2012. So, but got to uh, keep Missouri on there. Oh yeah, got, got to keep Missouri. Oh please, please <laughs> do not ever take Missouri off. Uh, this from our live feed and feedback for what it's worth. Rodney says, uh, Bobby wrote inside the pocket an in-depth analysis of the X's and O's paperback, March first, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. So I've got that. He that would mean. Okay, so was. that would have been that would have come COVID out the year. year. Yeah, I believe the COVID year was right when he got back in, wasn't it? Could be. Let's see. He was at A and M in twenty three. Was he at uh, Missouri State for South, three years or longer yeah. than that? I thought he was there about three years at least. I know he was there during the COVID year. Yes, that's twenty. I don't see anything at the beginning of when it was written, but I mean, we'll take his word for it. Okay. Well, I've got Sounds this. Right. Yeah, I'm getting. I am getting this from several different. Uh, Petrino's book published March first, twenty twenty. Then Savage says, from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line, please ask Trey, where do all the coaches get the kids' phone numbers for the transfer portal so fast? Is there a college player database just for coaches? That's in the transfer portal. It's got, by their name, it has, a lot of times we'll be surprised, you know, because it'll be, somebody has a name that's, you know, their their given name is different than the name they go by, but it has that information. It has their eligibility. It has their phone number. It's got all that. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen what it looks like. Wow. So no wonder they can get a hold of these kids so quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. got, you know, if they're a graduate or not, all that stuff. Yeah, once, it, once their name pops up in there, all their information's in there as well. Uh, this one also from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line, this from the 50 one they won in Little Rock and didn't in Fable. A good team will win anywhere. It's not about the team winning. I mean, they're going to beat UAPB. I mean, that's not the issue. It's just the, you know, the excitement, the fans. I, I don't know. I just think there's something about being in your your home stadium. Not that Little Rock's not your you know home away from home. It is, but um, I don't know. I just think that. Um, it makes more sense to open up at home and, you know, play that UAPB game in Little Rock, but don't, you know, play it a little bit into the season. It has lost a lot. I know someone can, someone will argue, well, fans didn't show up the day that Georgia played in Little Rock, but lately the games that Arkansas has had in Little Rock doesn't excite a whole lot of excitement. Well, it's, it's hard to do one game there. 
you know, you, and everything's like new, like, you know, last time I was there, they were trying to tell me that I couldn't go to my parking spot and there's only one way to get there. And I was like, I've been going this way for 20 years and it's not their fault. It's just brand new. Cause they don't ever, you know, they don't have events that big there. Um, I think they said last year the band didn't get any water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, run out of water and stuff, but that's just, that's just a product of having one event a year and, you know, a bunch of new people and stuff. It's impossible to get all that stuff right. And, you know, there's always issues with, you know, Wi-Fi or the game clock doesn't go off, you know, doesn't work or something. You know, there's always, always going to be issues like that when you only do one big event like that, um, you know, with a football game every year. So, you know, if you were playing three games there every year like they used to, then you'd probably be a lot, a lot better organized. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of HogSports.com being brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai and Genesis of Conway.